This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast. I'm joined this week by the Doc. How are you doing, Doc? How are you doing, Raj? Oh, I don't know why I struggled with that so much. That was a... How are you doing, Raj? It's been a while, really. I'm doing well, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, yeah, it has been a while. We haven't recorded one of these in, in a number of weeks. A lot of reasons for that, schedules and personal lives and things like that. And and because of that, we don't sadly have Owen or, or uh, Sophie with us this evening. Um, but our, yes, we send our well wishes to them both, um, in particular Sophie, of course. And uh, for those that listen to the Highbury squad, I know that you'll be well aware with, with her situation right now. We are sending her all the well wishes in the world. Um, and if you'd like to send her a kind message, I'm sure she would very much appreciate that Raj it's been uh, in these last few weeks since we were able to do a show we've beaten City we've drawn with Chelsea we've beaten Seville uh, or Sevilla in Seville um, and remain unbeaten uh, in the league of course as well and sit joint on points with Manchester City two points behind some other team that exists in the Premier League don't know who they are but less said about them the better how do you feel about these last few weeks I mean, feeling pretty good overall on balance. I think, I mean, going going from obviously the city win, which was which was huge, just for I mean, it's so early in the season, but just from a confidence booster, right? Mm. Um, I think that's massive for them. The Chelsea match, of course, I think the way you know coming back from two nil to win that match and and potentially having a chance to win it, I thought showed a lot of resilience and adaptability. And I was always a person. I, I've always felt Chelsea's playing far better than their results. And so I expected a tough match, especially away. And then of course, you know, any Europe, in my opinion, any European match um, on the road, especially in Spain is very difficult. And then there was a, a stat put out by Squawka. I think in their mm. history art, we've only won what three, now four, away now four. matches. Yeah. Now four. So, and then the way it was done um, was, you know, one of those, one of those matches being able to play that way in Europe, away in that type of environment although there was a loud mic right next to the fans which which <laughs> the whole time 
And so uh, kind of distracting, but yeah. being able to do that to me um, was a very, very positive side. And then of mm. course, you know, like you said, still unbeaten in the league. So which is great. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, and that's a really important um, fact of this season, that, that we are uh, still in the league, at least. Obviously, we had that Lawns defeat. Um, but in the league, it was so important to keep that unbeaten record and to come from, you know, two goals down in a position whereby getting a result looked bleak, uh, to say the least. Um, and to, to return in the game the way that we did was really you know, really, really important. So that's that's certainly good. Um, but I, I think the Man City result was forgotten really quickly because of the Chelsea <laughs> draw. Like, And obviously the international break followed that City draw as well. But I, I was uh, sorry, the City win. Do you feel like that's just kind of, as I say there, been kind of brushed under the carpet and as if it never even happened? Because I feel like we should be eating off of that win for months, you know, <laughs> not just, you know, an international break. Yeah, and I think that's that's just the problem when after an international break is like you trying to lose that lead momentum, right? Even just like you know, there's there's that ten days or fourteen days, whatever it is, of just you know, no club football. So you lose some of that. I don't know if you lose momentum internally, but at least it feels like from an external perspective, right? Everyone just moves on to the next match, and that's kind of the give some of the the negative with an with a big match before the international break the positive is sometimes you can risk some players who you might not be able to risk otherwise because you know they have you know some time off right so there's there's always that give and take Mm, yeah absolutely uh i for one thought it was a, a performance that was really industrial and combative and showcased a side of arsenal that we've not seen enough especially in those types of games we've tried to play them in their own game and come out second best because mm-hmm. if we're honest when you play at the absolute maximum city are better than us and sometimes at anfield liverpool can be better than us and even old trafford man united can be believe it or not better than us if you try and play them but if you play savily and you play a certain type of strategy you can you know weasel your way to a win and certainly we managed to do that in that game and the Chelsea result again was I think just an off day and that's something that doesn't get talked about enough is the allowance of off days I know we don't like saying oh it's fine if you you know have a bad performance because you don't want to you know legitimize a bad display but I also think there's a context to a season in which you aren't gonna play brilliant week in week out no team does. And I include the cities and the Real Madrids of this world. You know, Real Madrid drew against Sevilla the same in the same week that we beat them. Um, mm-hmm. Manchester City had a bad game against us and lost. We had a bad game against Chelsea Raj and didn't lose. And it's when you have those bad games that you need to come away without dropping all of the points on offer. Yeah, absolutely. And I also felt Chelsea was trying to like the perfect storm. You had the handball decision. Right. And I, and I think, you know, they were saying on VAR that part of that was that the ball was on net. If you saw that reverse angle, it wasn't on net. So that's part of the rationale. It didn't even make sense, regardless of whether you want to say Saliba's close enough. All right. So poor decision there. And I thought, so I thought the first half was quite poor on Arsenal's end. And then second half, just as we're starting to get into the game, mm. you have, you have, you know, the Mudrick hit, intentional or not. <laughs> like like Michelle well, said. It's, it's not. It's not even a debate. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's the flukiest goal ever. He's yeah. not even looking at Raya. It's like, it's no. just so, whatever he wants to say afterwards, it doesn't matter, right? So you have a completely yeah. fluke goal just as we're, you know, following second half, we tend to come out pretty well when we're down after those, those team talks and the team is motivated. So it was almost a perfect storm to lose a match, right? But then so able to come back from those two types of kind of, you know, more flukier goals and still 
get back in the game and then even have a chance with Eddie on a, on a tough chance. That being said, right. To, mm. to take a three, two lead that goes wide. I thought, of course, coming back from two nil in general is always great, but especially when you have two of those nights where you're just, it's not our night, right? Like that happens in football. It's just not our night. And, but mm. being able to still come back in that situation that those specifics, I think especially showed a, a lot more of that resilience and the mentality that we've shown throughout the season. Mm, it did. And I think resilience is certainly something that Arteta has tried to instill in this team and never say die attitude. The amount of goals that we score within the 75th and 90 plus minute, you know, is, is quite staggering. Uh, the, the level of, uh, not attention to detail, but the level of commitment throughout the entire fixture is something that, you know, Arsenal should certainly be proud of and continue to fight onwards with. And obviously the severe game then uh, on Tuesday night, Gabriel Jesus, even though he came off with an injury, which we will talk about in a little bit, um, mm. both he and Martinelli stepping up on, on a big stage in a big, big stadium. I mean, Jesus in particular, the turn and, you know, to set up Martinelli and his finish as well. Do, do you feel like with three goals in three Champions League games, what's stopping him from like replicating that type of form in the Premier League? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, mm. it's, it seems like he's just one of those guys who on the biggest stage, he has that extra gear. So, he, I mean, and, and he just, that, that mentality, it's hard to carry that same level of focus to each and every match, right? 38 game weeks. So um, that's what it seems like. And he always, he always talks about, he, he's talking about multiple mm. times about Champions League is kind of his, his greatest desire, right? And, and to play on that stage and be really good on that stage. So, I think clearly he's a player who really, really puts a lot on that. Uh, and so, yeah, but it's it's so hard to say. It's so hard to say. But I think you can also say when you're playing in Champions League, you also have teams for the most part that aren't as acclimated to him, right? Whereas in England, you might have teams who have who, who might be a little bit more adapted to him, although I'm not saying he's a, not a bad player. But I mean, obviously he's playing poorly, but just mm. when you have a new team who's not quite as adapted to him, he's a little bit more freedom. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, so Jesus came off at the end of the game with uh, a tweaked, you know, hamstring issue. Yeah, right, he said that he's fine. Uh, you know, which, which I think is more willing yeah. it into existence. He was like, <laughs> "I'm sure it's nothing," you know. But um, uh, Isan uh, at uh, the Daily Mail has, has reported this uh, this evening actually that he didn't train today. Um, and you know, we will find out, obviously, tomorrow Mikel Arteta will have his press conference. And I took an ironic tweet out that said, uh, predicting tomorrow's presser, reporter asks Arteta, what's the latest with Jesus? Arteta says, we have a session today. We will wait and see if he trains, <laughs> which is what we know will happen. We don't have any news regarding, um, you know, whether or not it's an amount of length of time that he's out. And we'll hear from Arteta tomorrow. But... I suppose if you've got Sheffield United at the weekend, Raj, it's probably the best time to face a team when you might have not have Jesus. And who would you be playing instead of him if he's not fit? Yeah, I mean, to your point about Sheffield, yeah, I mean, it, it's not it's a team they should be beating regardless of having Jesus or not. Uh, I think you know the best option there is just still to me Eddie as, as the best option in my opinion. So if you, if we can put him up top, I know everyone's clamoring clamoring for Kai to play at the nine. Mm, I, I just don't see, many. I don't see much. Yeah, no, I, I just don't see, I don't see Mikel. Maybe he will, but I don't see Mikel starting him at the nine. I think, he, I think he's willing to start him in that midfield because he wants him to adapt to that position and then bring him off the bench in that nine mm. position. Um, that's just my opinion, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. 
I think, yeah, especially for Sheffield, I, I think he'll play Eddie. Just my guess. That's my yeah. Intuition. Yeah. I, I think that Eddie will probably be the player that comes in. I'd, I'd love it to be Kai um, that, that starts there. I think he should be given the opportunity to 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 start a centre forward and, and get an opportunity to play nearer the goal and, and, and potentially uh, score. It'd be great to hear the Waka Waka song in the Emirates. That's, that's mm-hmm. certainly something I want to hear this season. Um, but over the course of these games as well, from Sevilla to City to Chelsea that we've been talking about, one player that's not stood out is, is Martin Odegaard, um, who looks to be going for a little bit of a, a, a rougher patch uh, in an Arsenal shirt. I titled mm-hmm. the video, Is Odegaard Becoming the New Saka? In the sense of, I've seen a few people say, he's burnt out. He's playing too many games and that's leading to him have these performances. Is Do you think that's the answer to what this form is? I don't really see any indication that he's burnt out though. If, mm. you, if you look at like his distance of sprints, his, his, his pressing, none of that indicates that, right? I just think yeah. right now he's just, I think this is a confidence blip. It happens. It happens to every player, right? And so, um, I think we tend to have an overreaction to natural dips in form. So, and, and again, he's also adapting, you know, to Declan being around to a new midfield around him as well. And so there are some, I think the right-hand side dynamic has been off the entire season, right? I think mm-hmm. in general. So I then includes Martin. Uh, Saka has been great, but you can see there's, there's that, there's that just lack of fluidity we've seen before. And, you know, we are trying to, and we're trying to integrate new players. Like Declan's not the same type a progressive passer as, as say a parte right mm-hmm. and so it, it's a d- different style for odegaard to adapt to as well who loves to play in those pockets so you're gonna you see him dropping a little bit deeper to get the ball i think i think you see him the one thing i would love for him to do is just move the ball on a little bit quicker right right rather than mm-hmm. constantly mm-hmm. looking right i think that's that's the key thing we've seen with him but i i think he's a guy i don't ever worry about in terms of refining his form Extremely high IQ guy. You know he worked extremely hard, and even when he's not playing well, uh, you know with the ball, he's mm. going to give you a lot off the ball as well. Yeah, he is. Um, I I think that a lot of it is to do with the inconsistency in the starting eleven. Um, I know a lot of people say it's the lack of Partey, but I've seen him play plenty of games where Partey's not been playing and he's been just as world class and excellent. So I don't think that's necessarily a defining factor. And to be honest, if you are a world class player, that I think Odegaard is, you don't need another world class player to, to perform at the top top level. I think it's more to do with the inconsistencies in the eleven, the the how much we've shaken things up because of injury, because of tactical changes throughout the course of the first nine games. Um, and you know, we've had some really challenging games. And Odegaard's quieter performances do tend to come in games in which, you know, we you go up against some of the biggest teams that have more of the ball. You know, you the Chelsea game, the, the Spurs game, the, uh, the Manchester City game. You know, when we weren't on the ball as much, he's a type of player that elevates your possession when you have him. And... I think criticism to say that, you know, people say that they want Odegaard to be the tough player, that when things aren't going well, they want him to grab a game by the scruff of the neck and take it to the opposite. That's just not the type of player he is. And to that, I would say that I can't necessarily think of a game where Man City were really under the cosh and De Bruyne took the game by the scruff of the neck and, you know, won it in that sense. He's, I think they're both world-class players, but I look at them as players that elevate their team and those around them when they're doing their best stuff. And I don't think it's necessarily... If your expectation is for Odegaard to do that, I think you're probably going to be disappointed. I think there are players in the team like Jesus, 
with his energy, with the way in which he plays. I think there are players like Declan Rice that, Nelly. without a doubt, you know, yeah, of course, you know, Saliba in some ways, you know, he mm. can compose himself at the back and start give you that calmness to start playing out when things aren't going well. I think there are individuals that have those traits. I don't look at Erdegaard like that, you know, and I don't necessarily think that com- comparing him to a player like De Bruyne, who, you know, I don't see grabbing gains by the scruff of the neck when things aren't going well for City and changing things like on a regular basis. There might be a, one or two examples in his career, sure, but I, none are standing out to me. You know, feel free to give me an example. I see some people are saying against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, okay, but like I, I'm not sensing that. And in the same way, like this is a Erdogan that scored in you know multiple North London derbies. This is an Erdegaard that when yeah. we went 1-0 down against Man United, who was the guy that got us back into the game immediately? It was him this season when apparently he's having a bad campaign. So I don't agree with that. What would you think about that trailer thought? No, I, I, mean, I agree with you in Erdegaard. I've always said he, to me, he's a guy, there's a term, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. And, and mm. that's what he is, right? And he's the type of guy who elevates everyone else's game. He's not gonna. I think there's. I think there's a lot of selective attention with Odegaard. He's had some very good games as well. Mm. Uh, but you know, as an Arsenal fan, we always tend to we tend to uh, kind of hyper focus on the moments he doesn't, especially now that he's going through a negative, some negative form and some confidence. But he's a guy. Yeah, I think when he's in sync with his teammates and he has that cohesion and chemistry, he's gonna take everyone's game. It's cumulative, right? He's gonna take everyone's game. Let's say from a seven to a nine across the board and so it's that cumulative effect not just race's own game and so that to me is the type of player he is but to your point when you don't have a, a cohesive starting 11 or a starting 11 you're trying to integrate and have consistency that's going to really impact his game negatively because he's such mm-hmm. a rhythm chemistry cohesion player out there and so when he doesn't have that anticipation or that understanding you know just right with all his teammates i think he has it tend to, tends to his performance will, performances will fluctuate more so than other players. Hmm. I, I, just, I still just don't get what Erdegaard has to do to convince some people of his quality. Like I see a comment, KL says, Erdegaard is just not good. Stop defending mediocrity. This is a guy that equaled the record for non-penalty goals in the Premier League of any midfielder in the league's history last season. Like, I don't get what he has to do for some people to convince them of his quality. The guy is world-class, in my view, and can get better than he already is. You know, I just... Go on, sorry. No, I agree with you. He's a great player. Like I said, unfortunately, we see this all the time, right? Player goes through a down stretch. Suddenly, he's mediocre. Mm. He's this, that, and the other, right? A lot of recency bias comes into play. And so, I think there's a lot of things. He's also a player where... I think you see this with Kai too, where you don't you don't see a lot of what he's doing out of possession either, right? And if you watch Odegaard, he's oftentimes directing the press, right? We talk about how effective the press is, or even even though now we've been playing kind of less than a high press, they're just in blocks. A lot of times he's the one directing that press, Declan to some extent too, right? So he's he's very integral to how the squad plays with so much balance, which is critical to their success this season. Hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. So it's it's very. If I just find it odd, you know, I find it really odd when people just refuse to see. It. I think it's more stubbornness, or maybe they came out at the start of Odegaard's time at the club and weren't the biggest fan and were very vocal with that. And now seeing him kind of mud them a little bit, they're scared to to hold their hands up and say, "I got this wrong." I mean, it's fine yeah. to do that. Yeah, it's fine to be wrong about things, and a lot of people have been wrong 
uh, about Martin Odegaard. That is that is for sure. So this weekend, then, obviously, there's a lot of question marks, Raj, about you know the team, about who starts, uh, the goalkeeping positions. I know I said on the channel before I've been sick of talking about Raya and Ramsdale because it feels like every day we are. Is there any any percentage number that you would put on Arteta starting Ramsdale this? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Weekend after what's happened with Raya. Oh, man. Ooh, I, I honestly think it's a 0%, like to me. Mm. Just, I think it's so clearly, I mean, you can see what he wants from Raya, the positioning, right? You can even see from a lot of stats, especially from past distribution and completion of what Raya has done. And so, you know, the Raya stuff, again, it's, it's again, people picking out, picking out, being very selectively attention. Like on the Mudra cross, people are saying his positioning. I mean, if you know goalkeeper positioning, you're not ever anticipating a mishit cross over your head, right? Sure. You're, you're I, I do think he was kind of too far forwards for that's that. Fair. that that's you know? fair. But to yeah. say like, that, that that's the reason for it, mm. where he's anticipating, he's anticipating a, a flat cross, right, across mm. the line. Mm. I thought that was great. Even again, even um, and when he punched the ball, of course, it hit, it hit, it hit the inside of his hand, right? And yeah, it was yeah. Over, right. But it's funny to me. You have so many people who are normally so outcome based, right? We're talking about G- GA is pure outcome based analysis. But suddenly with Raya, we all want to have context. And like there's a lot of times, you know, most black people who don't, who don't even go for that ball, right? And that's a tap in. So. I understand. I understand. Just Ramsdale, I think, is a key part. He's been a key part of the club. But you can see that Riot, in my opinion, does offer some things that Ramsdale does not. And that's why Mikel has him in there. So I, and I don't see Mikel dropping Raya after, after that type of match. Just me personally. Mm, yeah, I, I don't either. More so because of Arteta's stubbornness than anything else. You know, I, I just think he's very set in his ways on Raya and wants to be vindicated in that choice. I hope I'm proven wrong. If it was up to you, would you start Ramsdale or Raya? For me, it's Raya. For, I mean, look, I love I love yeah. Aaron. But you have mm. a goalkeeper, I think, in Raya. Clearly that Mikel thinks offers, you know, a few different things that Ramsdale does not. And you're going to have, remember, remember, you know, Raya, this is a step up for him too in his career, right? Like he, this is a level of pressure and microscope he's never played under. And it, that comes with certain fluctuations in how you're going to play. And I think Mikel has even said, like he's talked about Raya, how one of the things he loves about him is that even when he makes mistakes, it doesn't deter him from keeping on playing like that. Like he understands that's part of the process with it. That's the only way you get there. Um, like, you know, Ederson's made some mistakes too, right? Yeah. In that regard. And that's just, that's just part of that developmental curve. So I think Mikel understands that. Of course you hope, you know, those mistakes aren't like, you know, blatant, 
blatant killers that lead to goals, right? Of course. But, you know, I think you have to let guys sometimes play through some of those mistakes. And that's the only way you can learn from them. Mm, without a doubt. Without question. Um, I, I think that I'd like to see Ramsdale start just because there's some ways that if you're going to say all of this about you're happy to change the goalkeeper, you know, you, that, that we've got two great keepers. If one is having these moments of, of poor form and making these errors, that then you give the other the opportunity to, you know, he's going to play against West Ham in midweek. So give him this game, give him West Ham. I also think that the games that we've played with Raya, if Ramsdale starts these games, do the results change? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I don't think the goalkeeper has been... A, a part of the wins and draws and, you know, in the case of Lons, the losses that we've had, I think, yes, he's made mistakes, but as we've talked about, Ramsdale is culpable with mistakes, so they could have happened with him too. So I just think that there is a, there, there is, I just think that there is an element of being fair. You know, I don't know if I've asked you this, Raj. I know that Sophie's talked very strongly on this because she feels very strongly about this topic, but I felt that as though that, Raya, uh, Raya should have been the Premier League keeper when he started against Everton onwards, but that Ramsdale should have got the Champions League games. Uh, that would have been a fairer way of doing it. Yeah, I don't think Mikel cares about fair, to be honest. I think he cares about <laughs> making the team as, as, as best as they can, right? And I think he wants to play yeah. a very specific way. To me, I thought it would be more matchup dependent, just based on what he thought um, the opposition would be doing so when you have you know mm-hmm. when you have a keeper who's more positionally based like raya he would use him when maybe it was someone who who you might think might require some more sh- more shot stopping you think it might be ramsdale right but then again you look at the field tilt throughout the season like neither keeper has had to do much shot stopping yeah so then it's like okay in that case if that's really ramsdale's main i think is his main advantage then is it is this in the case that you play Raya? So that's just that's just that's that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. I think it's that's why I like getting people on the channel to get different points of view. It's just yeah, from my view, I'm like, well, you got us into the Champions League again. Ramsdale was a key part of that squad, so I feel almost like it was it was right to give him that chance, but he's not. <laughs> and that's down to, and no player is bigger than the club and, and arguably no player is bigger than the manager in some ways, either because they've got the manager's got to make the choices. So yeah, let's, let's wait and see. Um, Sheffield United, though, obviously are the first promoted side that we're playing this season. Our first nine games included four of the other big five teams, uh, big six, if you want to call them, but there's obviously five of them because we're one of them. So four of the five have been played in the first half of the first half of the season. Spurs, meanwhile, have played all three promoted teams, beating all of them. Uh, Obviously, they narrowly scraped past Sheffield United with that late comeback where they were 1-0 down in the 90th minute and still managed to win. Very typical and annoying. But do you see this as a potential trap game, as it's sometimes described as? I mean... There's always that potential, but I think the way that we've been playing with the amount of control we've been playing with, limiting some of those mistakes, uh, you know, on the back line that, that like, like versus Fulham, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like the soccer mistake, obviously not. I don't. Even, I can't even tell it a mistake because he thought Partey would be. There's a miscommunication to me, and so I think we've been more and more limiting those mistakes. If we're able to do that, you know, we should win, even if Jesus, you know is not playing so mm. and there's always potential for trap. i mean we know in the premier league what makes it so hard is that it can be difficult week in week out you just never know what's going to happen and so yeah there's always potential there but i, I just with the team how the team is playing the increased focus for increased confidence the way you saw them at sevilla playing the way they did 
I would expect this, you know, to, to be three points. I'll never say an easy three points because in my yeah. opinion, there's no such thing as easy in the premier league. So yeah, but we'll see of course. Yeah, we will. They're, they're a side that have drawn one game and lost eight. You know, yeah. there is nothing other than a win being expected by Arsenal supporters and quite rightly, um, because that's what is being expected of. Uh, Partey, we don't know whether or not he's going to be fit. He's apparently picked up that slight muscle injury is what the club have said uh, going into that game against Sevilla. If he's not fit and if Jesus isn't fit, I know we've discussed about who we play, but in midfield, do you go with Jorginho again or do you bring Havertz in or do you bring Smith Rowe in? How would you structure the the midfield? I think he goes back to Kai, left center mid, and he plays he plays Declan behind them with Odegaard. I think he I think he wants to vet Kai into that position. To do that, you have to give him reps. I think a team like Sheffield United would be a good team to give him the, some of those reps. I think the bigger question to me is does Tomiyasu play, right? Mm. Does, to, does Tomi play left back? Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that to me is the big question. And I think mm. so I think that addition something we've seen is Mikel has seen how the right-hand side has been so discombobulated. So playing Tommy in that timber role, right, where he's really getting mm-hmm. advanced, has really helped unlock the left side as well. And hopefully that can take some that can that can tilt a defense away from the right-hand side. So they have to play both sides more, which then opens up more space for you know Saka, Odegaard, and and White. So hopefully that gives a little bit more balance. And I think the way Tommy's playing, I don't, I I think you have to play him. Mm, without a question, uh, I think he has to play. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The only the only argument for Zinchenko is that obviously against Sheffield United, we expect to have a lot of the ball, and I suppose that suits Zinny more than going up against you know a Chelsea that we didn't have as much, and he was exploited for that space in behind. So maybe that's why we might see Zinny. And then at New- look, if, New- if we go to Newcastle the following week, there's no way I want to see Zinny in the starting lineup. It has to be it has to be Tommy. Um, that said, and there's actually some interesting things about Newcastle as well. We might, if we get a show next week, we might talk about it in more detail. But obviously, Tonali's ban. Bruno yeah. Gimaraes is one yellow card away from being suspended. So, fingers crossed, <laughs> this weekend he gets a yellow. Um, Isaac is injured. Murphy yeah, is injured. Um, Anderson, I think, is it? Elliot Anderson is injured. Obviously, Barnes has been out and he continues to be out for quite some time. They've got a lot of problems and it's going to be intriguing to see uh, how, you know, if Bruno Gimaraes does get that suspension this weekend uh, and how Arsenal react to that. I'll be up in Newcastle next week for that game. It's going to be very interesting indeed to see what happens. But yeah, we're going to go into the chat box now for the last 10 minutes of the show to get uh, you guys asking some questions to the doc. Temi says, is Erdegaard on fraud watch? I think that's tongue in cheek, that question. Uh, because certainly he's not. <laughs> certainly he's not. I'm actually no. asking you. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, I think we already, I think we already knew, you knew the answer. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just plugging in my laptop because it's decided to start dying. It does that if you don't have it charged for a while. Um, John says, how much possession will we have tomorrow? 97, 98 or 99%? I mean, are we in danger of being a little bit too overconfident here? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I think it's easy to, to get overconfident. You never know. 
Um, I, I understand the confidence, but like I said, I always try to uh, you take every game like, you know, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. So it's that, it's that, you know, the pep mindset. Oh, they're so difficult. So difficult. Every team. Yeah. <laughs> Man United struggled, you know, to get by them. It's worth pointing out. Uh, Austin Trusty, does he start for them? I think I saw a question. The answer is yes. He started against Manchester United uh, in their last game. I'm just seeing if he started against Fulham as well. Uh, he did in a back three so we could be going up against austin trusty uh tomorrow we'll have to wait and see if that uh yeah if that transpires into something uh more than what it was uh nobby Pier- nobby pliers says uh is declan rice worth 300 million yet he's worth more oh, than yeah. that, he? surely I say, yeah i would say minimum 400 well, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Without, a doubt. I'm not. I'm sensing the, the, the people are in a funny mood this evening. We're <laughs> not getting the most <laughs> sensible questions in the world. Uh, we've Richie. We've kind of touched upon who we play instead of uh, Jesus if he indeed is out. Temi says whether. Uh, what would you rather, Raj, a midfielder or a forward in January if you could only choose one? Well, it depends on the quality, right? We know January is hard to find high quality players, right? Now you're talking about a forward like a, you know Osimhen, of course you you have to take that, right? But I think mm. a central midfielder, a high quality central mid, I think is still going to be very difficult to find in January, but more likely. Mm, now yeah. all that no context aside, I think hmm, it would depend on inch, if Partey's gone, right? But for after. Is he? I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know about the whole part of Partey's getting now linked with like Juve. I saw this story. No, I meant he's gone for um. What's the what's Afcon? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Afcon. Sorry, yeah. sorry. That's what I meant. Now that he's gone, that 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 whole mm. stuff. He yeah. only missed one game last time he went. To be fair, uh, like okay. Ghana okay. were knocked out in the group stage, and he came back pretty swiftly. And I think there was a COVID situation, so yeah, that meant, but. Yeah, him and El Nenny are both gone. I think Tommy Asu might be gone for the Asia Cup as well. Um, so, yeah, there's potential for Arsenal to be without some key players. Uh, it's a shame that the game against Liverpool is in December. Otherwise, we were going against Mo Salah. <laughs> you know, Liverpool without Mo Salah would have been quite good. Um, but plenty of teams are going to be missing some key players for that tournament. So, uh, we'll see how it affects us and, and others, of course. Um, Kai says, is it possible that previous injuries to Gabriel Jesus' knee have had an effect on his current hamstring problem? Uh, I, w- I would say in the sense that, you know, whenever you haven't had consistent game time, and now you're readapting to having consistent game time, there's always a risk for overload. So that's whenever players come back from an injury, it doesn't matter short-term, but especially if it's more of a longer-term injury, I'm always potentially not surprised if they have some knock-on muscular issue just because their body's not adapted yet, right? And, mm. you know, you do your best to build in games and, you know, to get that player there. But now you're talking about champ, like, you know, he he, he tweaked the hamstring in a high-intensity champions league match very likely mm. in intensity level like maybe he hasn't you know played all season right so kind of like you know, that cup over you know overflows at that point and, and it leads to some overload so in the sense that his you know his knee injury directly affected it i would probably not but in the sense that it's more of a his body just not being a hundred hundred percent at fitness level yet uh grantley pose says doc wouldn't you prefer Jorginho holding with deckers pushing up alongside Erdogan with martinelli eddie and Saka up top balance strength flexibility against sheffield yeah i mean i would i want a preference or not i mean i would i would understand why he does mm. it but again i think uh, something we said from mikel with kai is that he wants to get him used to that position right and so 
games like this, like you said, versus a Sheffield United team that's struggling, to me, could be a great opportunity for that. Mm. Uh, and Richard says, how do you think we'll cope with the low block? I'm trying to think the last time we played against a team with a low block because it's been, a while. it's been a while, right? You know, yeah. we've, we've had such a difficult start to the season. We've not played too many teams. I've played Everton, I guess, was... We, we were completely in control of that game, even though we won one nil. Eventually, broke them down. We obviously played Brentford, who kept us under the cosh for most of that that Carabao Cup fixture. We had Man City, who obviously weren't Chelsea, who obviously weren't Manchester United, who obviously weren't either. I'm trying to think of any teams that did play a low block against us this season, besides maybe Everton. Can you think of Everton any? Everton's what comes to mind right away. Bournemouth, but we won four nil. Like so, yeah. I mean, it's 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 yeah. always the same thing, right? With a low block, I think. With, uh, typically, we'll have early on, we'll have one or two chances, right? If they yeah. take it, the game's over, mm. right? Lawns, really, I guess Lawns did a little bit, played on the counter little, and beat yeah, us. They did, they did. That's for sure. That's for sure. To an mm. extent, and so I always see it. I, I, we always create something. It's a matter of if they'll take it or not. And so that's always a question to me. If they take the early chance, it pretty much, you know, completely flips the game. So yeah. that's kind of kind of the pattern that I've seen. Well, there was too many games last season at home in particular that we were going up against teams where we were expected to win and win well. I think Bournemouth, I think Southampton, you know, yep. and we gave them early leads. And yep. that's that that's what we have to avoid tomorrow. Um, I keep saying tomorrow. I feel like it's already Friday uh, on Saturday. That That's Amazing. what we need to avoid. Um, it's, it's giving Agreed. them the, an early goal, making a mistake, keep control, keep the pressure on, suffocate them into their own defensive third. That's what we need to try and, and do. Um, we are going to wrap things up there. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in uh, to the two-man Eat, Sleep, Arsenal, and Repeat show today. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Just before we do wrap up, Raj, any progress, any moments or gems of knowledge that you've learned about your personal fitness journey in these past few weeks whilst you've been away? Um, let's see. Big nuggets, big nuggets. I've been doing some new types of workouts that have destroyed my legs. <laughs> um that's a, a personal nugget so like for me um in general i've always had issues trying to like not issue, i don't say issue but making mm. a quad quad heavy lower body workout so i've, I've on this kind of 12 i always do a 12 week program so I've, I've added some stuff to really focus on my quads and um i did that and then yesterday i played basketball and, and it, it felt like mm. i was you know in mud so but they're learning you know it's all it's all stuff to learn from for programming. It's all about figuring out what you can and can't tolerate and then adapting and, and moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to join our Strava group, you can. It's www.strava.com slash clubs slash E-S-A-R-P. Uh, currently, there's 144 members in that group now. It's fantastic to see so many of you joining um, and keeping up to date with your fitness and telling us what you're doing. Uh, fair play to Stuart, who's done 18 separate activities this week already and 44.1 kilometers gained in distance. Uh, to be fair, we've seen Jean-Paul do 110 kilometers this week with seven activities i'm assuming that was maybe more biking uh it'd be impressive if it wasn't but uh yeah very very impressive indeed but yeah fair play uh just having a look at the distance uh it is indeed scott with 110.8 as well 
from from five activities. That's that's also pretty fantastic. So, well done to you guys. Uh, yeah, we've got a little. Um, it is indeed cycling. Just checking their page. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly do join uh, that group and and you know make make friends because I see there's a lot of people that have managed to meet up with one another from that group, which is fantastic. Uh, I'll be back, of course, tomorrow morning, uh, eight a.m. bright and early, giving you all the latest Arsenal news and discussing more of your questions. <laughs> and then, of course, we'll be building up to the game against Sheffield United on Saturday. Arteta's press conferences tomorrow, of course, as well. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll be at the Emirates on Saturday morning slash afternoon and then have to endure seeing Mike, which is going to be fun. Uh, so <laughs> can't wait for that. Uh, have a fantastic day, morning, evening, wherever you happen to be in the world. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.